Thank you for listening to this podcast from Living Hope Church in Skokie, Illinois, featuring the preaching of Pastor Daniel Mann. For more information about our church, please visit us online at livinghopechicago.com. We hope that today's message will encourage you in your relationship with God. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We're going to read 2 Timothy 1, verse 1 through 5, and then we're going to read 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17 in just a minute. But a number of years ago, I heard about a mother who was a very successful doctor. And she was driving uh, one day, and her daughter was in the back seat. She had a very young daughter. Her daughter was in the back seat. And so she looked in the rearview mirror, and when she looked in the rearview mirror, she got a, uh, she saw her daughter back there. And her daughter had reached into her medical bag and grabbed the stethoscope out. And she had put it in her ears, and the other end she was holding it. And at this moment, the mother was just struck by this. And she just thought to herself, you know, my daughter really watches me. She wants to be just like me. She's going to grow up one day and carry on the family tradition. She's going to be an incredible doctor. And so she's got all this going through her mind. And just about the time that this mother has her daughter graduating with her MD from Harvard, uh, she hears her daughter and watches her daughter hold the other end of the stethoscope and say, Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I take your order, please? And in one minute, she realized, maybe I was a little bit premature. Maybe my daughter uh, is not wanting to follow in my footsteps as much. But I thought about that. And we, gotta, we must say that mothers have uh, an undeniable role and impact on their children. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, who was an amazing pastor and an exemplary Christian said that I can't tell you how much I owe the solemn words of my good mother. And Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. So God has created a a special bond and a unique role uh, that a mother has with her child. Mothers have this unique role, and it's nothing new. It's Even when you look through the Bible, you see this time and time again, uh, the, the impact and the role that a mother has on her child. And for today's message, I want us to take a break from the book of 1 Corinthians, and I want us to look at an instance in Scripture where a mother had a profound impact on her child. And we're going to to look at that now in 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you're able to stand, I want to invite you to stand with me and I'm going to read a few verses. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 1. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, And I am persuaded that in thee also. Look at chapter 3, verse 14. Paul is still speaking to Timothy, and he says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child 
thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your inspired word, uh, which is God-breathed. What we hold in our hands, as we just read, is, is not the words of men. It's incapable of error because it's the words of God. They are, are perfect. They are complete. Therefore, our instruction for our learning, for our growth. And Lord, you even include in your word examples of men and women Some of them are bad examples that are warnings to us. Some of them are good examples that are light to our path. And we thank you for this particular example of Timothy's mother, a woman that we don't know a whole lot about. But what we do know of this woman, Eunice, is a great example of what a mother can do and what a mother ought to be. So speak to us today, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. The Apostle Paul uh, highlights the important role that Eunice, Timothy's mother, had on his faith, on his salvation, on his discipleship. And so today I'd like to take a few minutes and and talk to you about uh, mothers having an important role in their child's salvation and discipleship, and they ought to maximize that role. Mothers have an important role in the salvation and discipleship of their children that they should maximize. And So how can mothers do that? If mothers have this role, how can they maximize that role? I want to give you three ingredients that I think we find from the life of Eunice. And the first one is that mothers need to, if they want to maximize their role in their child's salvation, they need to demonstrate a life of faith that is without hypocrisy. Demonstrate a life of faith that is without hypocrisy. There's a word that Paul used in 2 Timothy chapter 1 about Paul, about, about Timothy's mother. And it's this word unfeigned. Now, unfeigned, um, the Greek word is a, is a compound word. And it means there, there are two words that are put together to form one word. And it literally means without pretending. Unfeigned means without pretending. Uh, this very same word is, is used in James chapter 3, verse 17, but the translators uh, translated it without hypocrisy in James 3:17. So when Paul is describing Timothy's mother's life and faith, he described her as a woman who had faith without hypocrisy. The idea is genuine, it's sincere, it's real faith. And Paul says that Timothy's grandmother had this, and Timothy's mother had this, and now he's persuaded that, that Timothy has this real and genuine faith. They didn't have a hypocritical faith. Uh, the word unfeigned, uh, some people say it gives the idea that there's no acting involved, that they weren't acting, that their faith was not fake. In fact, maybe an illustration will help. In Luke chapter 20, in verse 20, the religious leaders were angry at Jesus, and they were trying to find a way Uh, to gain some ammunition that they could use against him with the Roman government. So they hired some spies, 
And these spies were to go where Jesus was, follow Jesus, and listen really carefully for anything he might say that they could twist or use as an accusation against him with the Roman government. So here are these spies, and and Luke 20 verse 20 says that they did feign themselves just men. The idea was that they were just acting like people who were in the crowd listening to Jesus and following Jesus. And the very opposite of that word is what Paul used to describe uh, Timothy's mom, Eunice. He says there's no acting in her. She was not pretending. She wasn't acting like a Christian on the Sunday. She's not pretending to love and follow Jesus. Her faith was real and she proved it by her life. She didn't just say that she's believing in Jesus. She is showing that her faith is real. James McDonald says that you can't do anything to guarantee your kids will follow the Lord, but you can do a lot of things to guarantee that they won't. I want us to think about that for just a second. Because I know a lot of very godly parents who from an outsider's perspective, you know, I don't know everything, but just from an outsider's perspective, uh, they seem like not perfect people, but godly people, faithful people. And their children didn't follow Jesus. Their children turned away. What I'm saying is that you can do all the things right and your children still turn away from God because uh, they are free moral agents. Uh, They will stand before God, not based upon your faith, but based upon their own faith. And so you could be a godly parent, and that's not a guarantee that your kids will follow Jesus. But what he's saying here is that if we live lives of hypocrisy, it pretty much is a guarantee that our kids are going to turn away from the faith. I would add to what James McDonald's saying, and I don't think he would argue with this, that the top of the list of ways that we can guarantee our kids won't follow Jesus is if we are hypocrites. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, and you may have to think about this for just a second to get what he's saying, but he says, what you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear your words. What you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear your words. Those are, those are challenging words for us today. So when we talk about faith that is without hypocrisy, the first thing we need to do is examine our actions because James said in James chapter 2, verse 20, that faith without works is dead. It's a lifeless faith. And so that's why I chose the word demonstrate for this point, that to demonstrate a life of faith that's without hypocrisy. Because our faith is proved to be genuine or fake based upon how we live. And I wonder, because what I'm saying today could be applied to, to fathers, it can be applied to just men and women in general, but... On this Mother's Day, I want to ask you mothers, could the Apostle Paul say about you what he said about Timothy's mother? Could the Apostle Paul, if he knew you the way that he knew Timothy's mother, could he say to your children, your mother has unfeigned faith. She lives what she says she believes. And we can take hope in this because we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect. In fact, one of the things that that, that might uh, assist in our children coming to Christ is when we are wrong, we admit that we're wrong. And when we walk in humility before them. So we don't have to be perfect. But but we ought to be striving to live what we say uh, we believe. So, 
how can a mother, or, or any person for that matter, but in particularly in today's message, how can a mother maximize her role in impacting her child for Jesus Christ? The first way is to demonstrate a life of faith that's without hypocrisy. The second thing is to teach your children the Scriptures. You know, 2 Timothy 3.15, Paul says, From a child you've known the Holy Scriptures. And the word child, there's a, there's a few different Greek words for children. One means kind of a, like the, the idea is a, uh, like an adolescent. Another one is like a young child, you know, one that may be a toddler. Uh, this word is a word for an infant. It's, it's for a newborn even. The youngest possible word for, for a child is what Paul uses here. He says, from your very earliest moments... Your grandmother and your mother have been teaching you the Scriptures. So he says, from a child you've known the Holy Scriptures. That can only mean one thing. It can only mean that that mom was teaching him. And then Paul says, and if you're not careful, if you've read this before, you may think Paul's talking about himself, but I don't believe he is. In verse 14, he says, continue in the things that you have learned and been assured of. You may have read that verse before and say, well, Paul's telling Timothy, continue in what I've taught you. No, more than likely he's saying, continue in what your mother and your grandmother have taught you. Because verse 15 he says, you from a child, you've known the Holy Scriptures. Continue in what they have been teaching you. So from whom did did he learn these things? From his mother, from his grandmother. Where did he learn these things? He learned them from the Scriptures. Now these women were, were Jewish women. Uh, They were followers of God uh, under the Old Testament system. And when Jesus Christ was proclaimed that these women were alive and living uh, during the time uh, of Jesus, Lois was probably uh, alive before the time of of Christ. But here, Lois the grandmother, Eunice the mother, uh, they hear the message proclaimed that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, the hope of Israel, the hope of the nations. And these women who had been following God through the Old Testament system, uh, come now to believe and follow Jesus as the Messiah. And clearly, now, and by the way, just, just so we're clear on this, when, when Paul says to Timothy, your mother and grandmother have been teaching you the Scriptures, he's talking about the Old Testament. Because at that time, the New Testament had, had not been uh, finished and, and completed. He's saying from a child, you've been taught about the Messiah. You've been taught about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So clearly these women had put into practice what Deuteronomy 6 says. Uh, that fathers and mothers are to teach diligently to their children the Word of God. They're, they're to teach it formally. They're to teach it informally as they are going about their, their lives. There's a woman named Susanna. She was the mother of of many children. I I think she had ten children. So you can only imagine what a busy household that was. And she often found it hard to accomplish everything that her schedule demanded. At times, her responsibilities and challenges were overwhelming. However, she made a vow that she wanted to invest in the lives of each of her children individually. So she set aside uh, an hour, at least one hour a week uh, for each child alone. And a lot of times what she would do is she would take time to, to read them the Bible and study the Bible with them. And her investment was not wasted. For Her children went on to follow the Lord. And there were two sons especially, John 
and Charles Wesley. Uh, John Wesley was uh, the preacher. Charles Wesley was the hymn writer. And if you know anything about Christian history, you know that John and Charles Wesley literally were used by God to shake Europe and America. That these men traveled preaching and singing the gospel and their impact is still being felt today. And a lot of people point that directly back to the godly mother who invested in them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I do want to point out that this is a proverb, not a promise. It's a proverb, not a promise. And you need to know the difference between proverbs and promises. A promise is something that surely will happen. A promise, excuse me, a proverb is a general principle, generally applied, brings a general uh, result. A general principle, generally applied, brings a general result. And the idea is that there is great likelihood if a parent will train up their child in the way of God, that child, when they are grown to the age of making their own choices, will not depart from the way that they've been taught, but they will continue, as Paul said, continue in the things that you have been taught. So what's this mean for us? Well, teaching our children the Scriptures first assumes that that we are, are reading and studying and looking into the Word of God daily ourselves. You know, we can't teach what we don't know. And um, one hour is not enough. One hour bringing them to church is a wonderful thing. It's a great investment. And more happens in that hour than we can imagine when we bring our children to uh, the gathering of God's people and the Word is put into them, especially if it's regular. And I want to encourage you to do that, to regularly, every week, make it a habit of bringing your children to hear the Word of God and let that seed get planted. Let that seed get watered. And that's a wonderful thing, but it's not enough. And we can't teach them what we don't know. So it begins with us in the Word. And it's a convicting question for us to ask. Am I personally spending time in the Word? Am I personally spending time in prayer? So that's the first thing it means. If I'm going to teach them, I've got to be in it myself, right? I've got to be growing and knowing God's Word myself. But secondly, it means being intentional. Um, it teaching the kids. What do we mean intentional? It means having a plan. Because these things don't happen on accident. It has to be on purpose. I think a lot of parents, I put myself in this category, I think we have a lot of good intentions sometimes. But if we're not doing something with a plan and doing something on purpose, that we have these hopes of, of teaching and imparting this to our kids. But before you know it, life happens and everything else starts to, to compete for the schedule. And so if we're not really diligent about intentionally planning this out, it's not going to happen. Everything's going to be crowded out. Next thing you know, your kids are going to be starting high school. And the only teaching that they've received from the Word is from someone else, not, not from you. And you, as a parent are primarily responsible for the instruction of your child. So we have to be intentional about that. We have to do it on purpose, because if not, it won't happen. So what does that mean? Well, uh, we've tried to help with this at Living Hope. We have uh, 
what we call devotionals for children. They're age-appropriate devotional materials uh, that you can go through with your children. Uh, And the the, the questions and the reading and all that is is based upon their levels. I love how the the curriculum is designed that way. I have first and second grader right now, so they're not uh, studying uh, deeply into the Trinity right now in our daily devotion, right? It's, It's simple things that they're learning from, from God's Word. They read those. They open up the Bible. They study them. We, we talk about them for a few minutes. And we want to encourage you to make a habit of using those. And then take advantage of everyday opportunities to teach your kids about the Lord and His Word. Um, now, you know, there are kind of two extremes about this. There are some people that never talk about the Lord uh, and His Word. And there are some people that uh, they do what I call Jesus juke. All the time. I'm not, Jesus juking is not original with me. How many of you know what a Jesus juke is? It's where someone can take anything and twist it into being something spiritual. You know what? You know, man, it's cold outside. Yeah, it's cold, but not as cold as the hearts of the people all around here. You know, just everything is like every single thing is always, you know what? Man, I wish today was a little sunnier. Well, with Jesus, every day sunny on the inside. You know, I mean, and I think kids are kind of driven away by that. You know, if it's this kind of fake, weird um, uh, things that we just kind of pull out of nowhere. But what I do think is very effective is when mom and dad regularly um, use teachable moments to show their kids what it means to follow Jesus. Melissa's really great at this. She was doing this the other day. Carly was talking about uh, a, a girl at school who's kind of being, um, she's, she's, she's not really being included with a lot of the other girls. They're kind of pushing her out of the cool group or whatever you would have it. And Melissa was talking to her about that. She wasn't quoting scripture to her. She wasn't saying, but she was trying to help her to see that why don't you go and you be her friend? And why don't you step out of the, the group of girls that, you know, think that, this girl is not supposed to be included in their group, and you go to her and you be her friend. And I think just taking teachable moments like that and looking for those opportunities, maybe it's a good or bad example of people that you, could, you can use and help your kids see the world from God's perspective. Maybe uh, you see a hurting person or you see an act of compassion, and you want your kids to be able to process all of that. You see someone doing something nice for someone who's homeless, and you can capitalize on that to say, did you see what happened? And This is what God calls us to do. And you can help your kids to see the world through a Christian worldview. So that's what Timothy's mother did for him. She taught him the scriptures and she helped him to to understand the world from God's perspective. So how can a mother maximize her impact in her role, in her child's faith? The first is to demonstrate a life that's without, a life of faith that's without hypocrisy. Second is to teach her children, the scriptures. Thirdly, uh, the third thing is to persevere, even if your husband is passive, absent, or resistant. To persevere, even if your husband is passive, absent, or resistant. You know what's been absent from uh, the story of this family that we've read so far? Or rather, should I say, who has been absent from this story? Timothy's father. Timothy's father. But Timothy's father is mentioned in Scripture. And I want to show you where. Turn with me to Acts chapter 16. Acts is a historical narrative. Acts is walking us through kind of historical timeline 
of the time from when Jesus arose and ascended to heaven till really the advancement of the church going throughout the known world at that time. And in Acts chapter 16, we learn about Timothy's family a little bit more. I'm going to read Acts 16 verse 1. Then came he, that's Paul, to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess. She was Jewish and believed. That means she was a Christian. She was a believer in Jesus. But his father was a Greek. Verse 2 is talking about Timothy again, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So Timothy had developed a faithful testimony, and people spoke well of him. Verse 3 says that him, Timothy, would Paul have to go forth with him. So Paul is inviting Timothy to be a missionary with him, to travel with him. So he said, I want Timothy to go forth with me. It says, and he took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. So what's happening here? Uh, Timothy has uh, a Jewish mother and a Greek father. Uh, Paul knew, and if you know anything about Paul's ministry, when Paul went to a new city, where was the first place Paul went? He went to the synagogue. He he went to the Jews first. He went to, to God's chosen people first to preach the gospel to them. And then once he had thoroughly preached the gospel to them, and when some believed and often rejected him, he would turn to the Gentiles. Well, here's Timothy, whose mother is Jewish, but his father is a Gentile. Timothy had not been circumcised, which was the sign of the covenant people of God. And this was well known that his mother was Jewish, but that Timothy's father was Greek. And so Paul knew that his Timothy's ministry would be hindered among Gentiles if he was not circumcised. And so Paul did this as a, as a ministry strategy and for testimony's sake in order for Timothy to be able to reach both Jews and Gentiles. But what I want to say to you right here is that Timothy's father is described as a Greek, and, and they described him, that, that, that is referring to his ethnicity, but it's referring to more than that. It's really also referring uh, to the fact that he was not a believer in Jesus. Now, there certainly were many Greeks who became Christians. But the way this is lined out is they're saying, Timothy's mother was a believer. Timothy's father was an unbeliever. And we don't have any evidence that Timothy's father ever did follow Jesus. So it seems very clear that Timothy did not have a father who loved God, who followed Jesus Christ, and who taught him the word. But Timothy's mother, Eunice, did not allow that to deter her from impacting her son. You know, it doesn't appear that Timothy's father stood in the way. Some think maybe he did. Maybe that he was standing in the way and resisting Timothy being circumcised as a child, but we don't know that. Some believe that Timothy's father passed away, and that's why I put the word absent, because maybe the father passed away early on in life. Or some believe that maybe he was alive and he wasn't standing in the way of Timothy, but that he certainly wasn't a follower of Christ himself, so he wasn't leading Timothy. But I think what we can say conclusively is that Timothy did not have the privilege of a Christian father. Eunice 
didn't have the privilege of a Christian husband, yet she persevered as a faithful Christian mother who impacted her son. I know another man who didn't have a Christian father, but he had a very godly mother. This is what he said. Quote, I'm convinced that my dear mama, now with the Lord, prayed me into the kingdom of God. She modeled in front of us at home what so many modeled for us at church, genuine spirituality. She radiated the joy of Jesus even in the face of so much personal adversity. She suffered abuse, mental, physical, verbal, in two marriages. As a single mom, she raised three kids. My daddy left her with three kids when we were ages four, nearly two, and six months. She showed us what it looked like to really love God and love others. There was no hypocrisy. Who was this man? Who was his mother? Uh, Well, uh, this man's name is Christian Powell. Uh, He's the pastor of the church that that sent our family to start uh, this church. Um, He's now a pastor of of a church of probably eight or nine hundred people. If I were going to make a list of the top people who have deeply impacted my life, he would be near the top. He would be somewhere near the top. And many other people uh, would say the very same thing. And what I want to point out to you is here is a, a man who when he was a boy, his father left him and his, his mother, and he had a mother who was faithful, and a mother who despite the fact that her husband wouldn't be a part of leading his, their family, she still persevered. Proverbs 31, we read it earlier, but we didn't read this verse. Uh, verse. Proverbs 31.25 says, Strength and honor are her clothing. Uh, that the godly mother, the godly woman, uh, strength is a characteristic of her. 1 Corinthians 15.58 is not specifically talking about mothers, but certainly could apply. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When I look around at our church family, I see so many mothers who are faced with being the spiritual leader in the home. Uh, Many mothers who bring their children to the worship service week after week alone. Like Eunice, your husband isn't joining you in loving God first and and in following Jesus. I want to speak to you for just a moment. I want to speak some words of encouragement to you. I, I want to say to you how much... I admire your determination. I want to say that you inspire all of us to be faithful. The fact that you will lead your family even if your husband won't join you. And I want to say to you, don't lose heart. Keep being a strong woman of God. If you have to continue alone, God will be your strength and great will be your reward. Strength and honor is her clothing. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God will be your strength and great will be your reward. You keep pressing on for Jesus. But secondly, let me say something to those of us who are husbands and fathers, that it's time for us to repent. That some of you here today are a father who's lost and still in your sins. You don't love God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. You don't follow Jesus 
with your life. And it's time for you to repent. It's time for you to follow Christ. It's time for you to join, even lead your wife and family in loving God. That don't make your wife spend another day being a Eunice who has to lead the family without you. You be a follower of Jesus. You love Him. And you lead your family. I want to appeal to you to come to Christ and to serve Him. And close with this, that later as Timothy was growing up, perhaps as a teenager or as a young adult, there was a man who stepped into his life, a man who became like a Christian father to him, a man who many times called him my son, my son in the faith. That man was the Apostle Paul. But Paul was merely building on a foundation. Or if you could think of it this way, Paul was plucking fruit from a tree he didn't plant. That that Timothy's mother and grandmother had planted that tree and watered that tree. And so by the time the Apostle Paul came along, and many people believe that Paul was the one that led Timothy to Christ, but Paul was simply there afterwards. After the foundation had been laid, after the seed had been planted and watered. And that's why Paul wrote back to Timothy. And did you know that the book of 2 Timothy is the last letter that Paul ever wrote? And he wrote it to Timothy. And chapter 3 is the next to last chapter. And he says to Timothy, continue in what your faithful mother has taught you. She's from a child she's been teaching you. And you're demonstrating a life of faith without hypocrisy like her. And he says, I want you to continue in what your mother and grandmother have taught you and what they've lived in front of you. Mothers have an important role in the salvation and discipleship of their children that they should maximize by, number one, demonstrating a life of faith without hypocrisy. Secondly, by teaching their children the Scriptures. Thirdly, by persevering even if their husbands are passive, absent, or resistant. Mothers, how is God speaking to you? Is it about demonstrating? Is it about your life? You don't have to be perfect. But are there some things that you say, well, my life doesn't match what I claim to believe in all these ways. And I want God to help me to be more faithful and obedient in the life that I live. Maybe He's speaking to you about teaching, about about taking more opportunities to teach and invest the Word in your children. Maybe He's speaking to you about persevering. Maybe you're discouraged. Uh, You feel defeated. You feel lonely. And you're needing the strength of God. God's strength is for you. But let me say to you fathers, how is God speaking to you? Is God speaking to you about repentance? Is God speaking to you about coming to Christ to be saved? Is God speaking to you about stepping forward to lead your family in the greatest of all endeavors? The greatest of all endeavors is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. If we fail at that, we failed. If we fail at that, we failed. It doesn't matter how much we've provided for our families. It doesn't matter that we've put food on the table and all those things ultimately are wonderful and good. But we are to lead them to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind. If you committed your life to Jesus Christ or made a spiritual decision, we would like to rejoice with you. Please connect with us on our website, livinghopechicago.com. We hope you'll join us next time for another encouraging message from God's Word.